0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Remember when Mark told us we should make ourselves uncomfortable and then we'll need the comforter. We need you, Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit. Come and teach us more of that truth. The children's lesson today is how the Holy Spirit helps us when we pray. But there's lots of Bible verses and they get to find out how else the Holy Spirit helps us. It's easy for kids to picture Jesus because he was a baby and he grew up and that's what they're in the process of doing. But um, we have some activities that help them experience the Holy Spirit. Bless the kids today, Lord. Mm. Lord, we love your presence. we seek to experience more of your presence. Mm. Yes, come Holy Spirit with more. In Jesus' name. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> I was going to quickly go back through um, our core values, but I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Are you ready to jump out of the boat? Yeah. We're, we're doing it. you know i I think I've only told one pastor friend of mine that we're doing this because I know most of them would say something like, "Are you nuts?" and uh, <clears throat> that's the title of my message today. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we going to Friday nights in, instead of Sunday mornings? And the reality is that um, the change of, of day and time is is a very small part of what we intend to do. It's it's a significant part, but it's it's really a, a pretty small uh, component of what we think God wants to do. And, uh, you know, for for those of you who uh, know me, uh, think you know me, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty risk-averse person. I... I mean, I, I like adventure, and in that sense, I, I take chances and stuff, but with, within reason, okay? But overall, my personality is to, to play it safe and not necessarily go the easy route, but don't, don't really make waves, don't really uh, stand out my my sister, when we were growing up, she would always say she wanted to be rich and famous. And that never appealed to me, I, so I would say, I, I just want to be comfortable and obscure. <clears throat> uh, so you know this this move from Sundays to fridays um it's uh, it's a clear acknowledgement to the Lord that we don't wanna play it safe anymore um, that's that's what I'm saying to the Lord with this uh you see uh I, I was I was talking to somebody uh, just uh, a week or so ago uh, about sort of leading the church and that that sort of thing and and I, I think there there are probably a lot of pastors who who can uh, just you know follow what everybody else is doing and be fine with that and. Uh, and not rock the boat, and that sort of thing. Uh, the Lord has just not let me be able to do that. Uh, if if I'm going to lead a church, uh, I have to hear him and then do what he says. That I don't know any other way. I... You know, I, I don't know that I ever really saw a pastor do that until I met Mike Bickle. And and then I also met uh, Rick Olmstead, who's at the vineyard in Fort Collins. And I, I finally saw a model that I, I thought, now, if that's what it looks like to lead a church, I think I could do that. And so, you know, that's, that's where this is springing out of. Uh, you know, we've, we've been through a lot in the last year and a half plus. Uh, and, you know, as I looked back to what, what started it all, uh, it was teaching on the Father heart of God. And finishing that series looking at Moses and how as he was leading the people uh, and, and they would rebel and, you know, just they, they were a mess. And, and God was ready to just say, okay, Moses, stand aside. <laughs> I'm going to wipe out all these people and you and I, we're going to start over because this isn't working out. And you remember what Moses did. Instead of saying, good idea, Lord, these people, <laughs> they're exactly what you said, uh, which is you know, what maybe some of us would have said, uh, he got on his face before the Lord and cried out for mercy for, for them. And so that's, that's what we did at that solemn assembly a year and a half ago and i i believe the lord one of the things that he's been saying to us after that maybe he said this right after was so do you want to know my heart well you know you you've been faithful with this so i want to show you a little more and so as as people have left through the moves and and different things, um, we've we've experienced some of the pain of God's heart as as people turn from Him. You know, they were once following Him, and they they turn and they they go the other way. And and I'm not saying that about the people who have left here. I'm, no, my heart. That's that's not what I'm saying. But just by them not being part of this fellowship anymore, we have experienced a certain amount of pain, rejection uh, that God experiences w- through all of us and, and, and our lives. And and so, uh, you know what what we're doing. Uh, is we're, we're seeking more from the Lord. Our highest core value is the presence of God and experiencing God, and and that is what is driving this whole thing. And and I, you know, we we have to believe, looking at the church, that that the church is we're we're not at the place where we are a bride made ready. We aren't. The church overall is, is not. Uh, I mean if if we were there, then there wouldn't be any need to change anything. But we we are not at the fullness of Christ. We we are not where we are laying our lives down for each other and really loving each other. I mean, that that's where the church is going. And and God is going to get us there. He's he's going to get some of his people there, but we 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 need another reformation if if we're going to get there. If if somebody is going to get there. And you know, the, the only way that happens for the, the whole church to get there is somebody's got to lead the way. And so that that is the heart behind what we're doing. I'm not saying everybody else is wrong. I'm not saying everybody else should do this. They, they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, this this is a, a cup that the Lord has offered us. Do do you want to be a prototype church? Do do you want to be forerunners? Because understand what that means. Okay. There there is a guarantee of rejection. Uh, being misunderstood, uh, you know, being not well liked by by those who are still in the old wineskin. Uh, until God really does something, and then everybody wants to join in, and you know. Vineyard-style worship is is a picture of what I'm talking about. Because I'm telling you, Calvary Chapel in Southern California and the Vineyard uh, even more so in Southern California, when they brought in the guys with torn bell-bottom blue jeans and electric guitars and Electric basses and drums, drums, in a church. I mean, they they were called everything that was bad. <clears throat> this is of the devil. This, uh, I mean, my own mother. Uh, <laughs> she thought electric guitars in church was of the devil, and look at me. <laughs> I didn't believe her. I, I think she's mellowed her, her tune a little bit, but that's where she was for, for a while. But now, you know, some 30 years later, wow. The vineyard started in 86, I think. So it's been around for 30 years. Now now you you find this kind of instrumentation in just about every church except the ones that are really hardcore liturgical and even some of them. Uh, And so, you know, this, I I have a couple passages that I want us to look at today. Um, The first one, is in uh, in the garden of gethsemane. And we know that Jesus had 12 close disciples. We we know that Judas, one of them, betrayed him actually in later on in this passage, so he was not there. So it was Jesus and the 11. And this is where we pick it up in Matthew 26:36. And Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, and the way it should actually read is, and he said to eight of them, you sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went a little further and fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will, but as you will. And this, what I'm going to share with you is probably something you've never heard from this passage. Do you want to be part of the eight that Jesus said, you, you wait here, will I go over there and pray? Or do you want to be one of the three that he took with him? And they were right nearby when he was sweating drops of blood as as he prayed. So was, was the ministry and the calling and the followership of those eight valid? Well, absolutely. I mean, they, they, were, they were the inner circle. <laughs> but they were part of the outer inner circle. But there, there were three that Jesus said, no, now come with me. And I, I want to be part of a people who don't want to be part of the eight. They want to be part of the three. But there there was there was pain for the three. See they had to go through in Peter look at the process that that he entered into by being part of the three. That started just that night. And denying the Lord, I, I mean that that shows you that our our actions don't necessarily determine whether we're part of the eight or part of the three. not every time. it's it's the heart. And if we want to be those who really draw near, to the lord but there's there's going to be a deeper heart process that he's going to take us through and that really is part of what we've been going through for the last year and a half cuz i mean for me the smart thing to do is is just keep doing what we're doing <laughs> and try to recruit more people, but that's not what the Lord's doing. And there's, there's a verse that has meant a great deal to me, and I can't even tell you exactly where it is, in, in leading a church and it was John the Baptist who said this and and he is the prototype in the new testament of the forerunner i mean you you look at a guy who was rejected and and misunderstood and and went through difficulty uh he's the guy <laughs> but how would you like jesus to say among those born of women <laughs> like humanity <laughs> there's none greater than john the baptist anyway he he said this that a man can only receive what he's given from above and and to me that that relates to Ministry, anointing, uh, gifting—you know, whatever—and we we can only receive what we're given from above, and 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 that is is what we are responsible to steward, and and nothing else. Uh, yes, we we can build something in the flesh, but then we have to maintain it in the flesh, and. That's why so many pastors get burned out and eventually quit because, I mean, that that wears you out. That makes you tired. The Lord said his yoke is easy. (laughs) Take my yoke. Mm -hmm. So to share the burden of the Lord is a painful and lonely task. A a lot of the church doesn't even know what that means. Uh, They've never given it a thought. But if if we want to be those who have drawn near, then we want to receive, we want to know the burden of the Lord. What it what is it that's on his heart? And you know, look at the Old Testament prophets. They God shared his burden with them. And you know, I, I think of Hosea. You know, what what he went through. The Lord telling him to to marry a a prostitute, and, uh, and and then and take her back. <laughs> uh, I, I really think he understood the heart of God probably better than any of of the other prophets. Uh, I mean, he he went through a process, but man, he's got some beautiful stuff in his book. Uh, amazing stuff. So God gives grace if we say yes to wanting to know the burden of, of his heart. And that's that's another way of saying something that Mark often says that, that Joy referred to. You know, if we want more of the comforter, let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's that's another way of saying this this is what we're doing. We're, we're going to purposefully uh, take ourselves out of our comfort zone and and see what kind of a release of God's grace we experience uh, this this is it's what you do with a prototype you try something if that doesn't work, then you try something else <laughs> But Einstein had, had a definition for those who keep doing the same thing and wanting different results or expecting different results. Uh insane. That's that's what he how he defined those those kind of people. So um so we're going in a new direction. Really we've been going in a new direction for a year and a half, although some of the time, uh, it's felt like we were just trying to keep our heads above water. <laughs> at least it's felt that way to me. And when we go in a new direction, not everybody goes along. And when things get uncomfortable, some people leave, and, and that is reality. Uh, so let's, let's look at the person of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 20. Because Jesus is really talking about the forerunner ministry here. And it came about on one of the days while he was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel that the chief priests and the scribes with the elders... They're all there, okay? (laughs) Confronted him. And they spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is the one who gave you this authority? And he answered and said to them, I shall also ask you a question, and you tell me. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us to death, (laughs) for they are convinced that John was a prophet. And they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So... That's, that's probably the best glimpse we have of what the forerunner ministry looks like in the New Testament. All the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, all the religious leaders rejected John. The people <laughs> saw that there was something there. And many of them went out and were baptized by John and and received his ministry. And that that is a picture of what it looks like to be a forerunner, to, to be rejected by many. And and the thing is, um, To, to be a forerunner, uh, it's, it's a calling. It's, to, to wake up and decide that you're going to do that, you, you wouldn't make it. Uh, it's it's got to be something that's, that's in the heart that God put there and then he, he will give grace and empower to, to see it through. And so I, I believe that he's, he's had us in a process of um, being prepared for, for the last year and a half. Uh, He's he's been working on our hearts. He's he's been asking, well, well, what are you going (laughs) to do? Are are you going to play safe (laughs) and try to maintain? (laughs) Or uh, step out of the boat? And that's why we did that song, "Oceans," this morning, because it feels like we're we're stepping out of the boat today. You know, we're like I said, leaving Sunday mornings. It's it's a small part, but it's it's a very significant picture of of what God is doing. So we're we're stepping out of that boat. And, and we' we're, we're gonna see where he leads and and what this looks like. Um, so <clears throat> to be a forerunner it requires that we draw near to God because we we're, we're stepping into... Something where we we have to hear God. <laughs> he we we've got to have Him directing this, or or it's definitely not going to work. Uh, so that's that's why I give the picture of the three versus the eight. There were a lot of things that the three got to see and hear that. But the other nine didn't. The Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, that, that had to have been like the most amazing experience <laughs> of, of when Jesus was walking on the earth. I mean, can you imagine going up on this mountain and all of a sudden there's Moses and Elijah with you? especially for these guys who had probably memorized the entire Old Testament. Uh, And that's why Peter was like, "Uh, uh, 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 let me make three (laughs) tenths, and we'll all just hang out. (laughs) Somebody had to say something, and Peter's filter was not turned up as high as anybody else's at that time. <laughs> so um, it, it's going to require that we, we be a people of prayer and worship. I, uh, I believe the Lord wants to birth some things through this body. And that, that will only happen through prayer. Uh, you know, it's been spoken over us many times that, that we have a a breaker anointing. And you know, it, it's it's so like God. He he always wants to win with the small. So I, I, you know, I look at us. You know, here, here we are. Uh, to the enemy, we we must look like nothing, except for what he sees on the inside of us, and he's pretty scared about that. <laughs> but to to anyone strictly operating in the wisdom of man, you know. we we would be written off. And that's that's just the way God does things. So uh, being forerunners requires that we learn to be a a people of one thing, uh, a people who are abiding in the vine, that's that's my interpretation of of the one thing that Jesus said was necessary uh being like Mary of Bethany um, <clears throat> there's uh you know what. Uh, Some people have had trouble with the fact that we're not doing as much as we used to do. Um, um, Mainly that means I'm not doing as much as I used to do. (laughs) I think as I interpret, based on those people's participation in the outreaches and mission trips that that we have done. but anyway, we we're learning to be rather than do. And that's that's part of this season that we're in, and we're we're learning to let our doing flow out of our being cuz that that's the way it's got to be. And that that only works if we're an abiding people hearing the lord being with the lord uh, <clears throat> then that can happen I've, I've, I've used the terminology we we want to learn to be a people who operate from the throne for the throne and and by the throne that means we're we're positioning ourselves before the one who's on the throne and getting our direction from him what we're doing is, is for his glory it's, it's not so we look good or we look like we're accomplishing something and if those two things are, are true then it's going to be by the throne it's going to be under his power so some, something actually will happen of, of eternal consequence um, yeah so Daniel and I went out yesterday uh, it was international outreach day and if you read the emails you know something about that uh, they expected millions of Christians to share the gospel across the world uh, and uh, so we we met at the depot, and and there was hardly anybody at the depot. Uh, but first lady we talked to, um, we we were able to go all the way through the God test, and based on her responses, she she didn't have a real clear understanding of what the Bible said about things. Uh, so we were able to share some of that, and I, I think she actually was saved, but she just didn't have a very good grounding in the gospel. So we, we talked to a few other people there at the depot, and then we thought, well, um, one guy who, when we approached him, how, how are you doing? Uh, what did he say exactly? Something like, I'm really wasted, or something like, <laughs> yeah so anyway, we talked to him for a while. We did pray for him. uh Hopefully he didn't kill anybody last night. <laughs> uh Then we went to Holiday Park, and there were a few more people there, but uh people were didn't really want to talk to us at Holiday Park. So we thought, okay, we'll give it one more shot. We'll go to Lions Park got to be more people there and we talked to a few people and there was this young gal um, she was uh, a power walker and she was just getting started and uh, the Holy Spirit must have been the one to tell me this Uh, so I said will you take the God test if I can keep up with you and she said yeah (laughs) It was all I could do. She was about this tall, maybe. It was all I could do to keep up with her walking. I mean, if I'd been running, it would have been a lot easier, but I had sandals on, so it wasn't... Anyway, we went through the whole God test, and and it it was a really good conversation. So she kept going. We turned around. I think we met her again, and then as we got close to the end to the vehicles we we met her again so i mean she's going <laughs> and and she stops and and she says uh you know i i i really appreciate what you're doing uh i know probably a lot of people don't want to talk to you and then she starts to tear up and and she says um <laughs> it was so cool you know I've just been questioning so many things about God and just wondering and not knowing and this really helped me today and then we prayed for her and then she really started crying and, and I think we'll see her I I thought she might be here this morning, but uh, God's doing something there. So it, it was way worth going out, wasn't it, Daniel? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. It was worth it for the one. Is at one point or another. Each of us are the one. Hmm. So, uh, you guys have any thoughts on being a forerunner, stepping out of the boat? You ready to step out of the boat? So where, where we're going, I think, is a more uh, participative uh, kind of body. Uh, the meetings that we're going to have on Friday nights, we're going to be trying some different things. Uh, not this coming Friday, but the, the following Friday. Uh, we're going to set it up kind of like a coffee house. And it's it's going to be uh, songs, poems, and God stories. So if, if you have a, a poem or a scripture passage that you want to share, that'd be great. If you have a song that you want to share uh, either just a meaningful one or one you've written Um, we'd love that and we definitely want your God stories and I've got half a dozen in my hip pocket but I, I really want you guys to share some So uh, I think that's what I have for us today. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. Uh, are Are you Kim asked this morning? Are Are you willing to drink the cup? Or consider that. But for those who have been uh, reformers in the past, they've, they've helped turn the tide of the church sometimes. What will God do with us? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think something. <laughs> I, I think something significant. But I don't know what that looks like, because we're we're going into uncharted territory. Uh, you know, Martin Luther was a little bit brash and and probably uh, didn't consider a lot of consequences when he nailed those 95 theses on the door of that church. And I sometimes wonder if he had it to do over again, would he do it? (laughs) I think he would. I think he would have. But he helped get the church to where it is today. Let's pray. So, Father, I I thank you for the people that you've gathered here at the vineyard. I I thank you for the hearts that you've put within us. Lord, you've you've gathered us for such a time as this. And I, I just ask for increase in hunger within us. I ask that you'd help us to be people of one thing. I I ask that you would direct our steps. You said you would do that. So we ask you. I pray that you would birth things out of these people. I pray that works of the enemy would be broken through these people. I pray that broken people would find healing and wholeness through these people. That you would teach us to be the church and deliver us from the whole concept of going to church. So Lord, we, we just say yes to you, and we look forward to what you will do. In Jesus' name. <coughs> so one thing... I really am going to close <laughs> quickly. <laughs> but one thing that I've learned over the last year and a half, um, you know, I, I know we we all have experienced rejection, and and we we hate rejection. I mean, rejection is uncomfortable. <clears throat> but however you have responded to rejection in the past you don't have to respond that way anymore. Because you have been set free from fear and you are a child of God. (laughs) You don't have to respond the same way. Because in God you are fully, fully loved and accepted. And it's his opinion that counts (laughs) you know what they say about opinions (laughs) everybody has one